Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book and the co-author of Tarot for Troubled Times. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 149 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is tarot and charm casting. And I have my very special guest, my friend, Carrie Paris. Welcome, Carrie. Hi. I'm so glad you're here. I think this is such a great topic. (laughs) I'm glad you think so. And I'm always glad to get a chance to talk with you. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. So before we get started, I just have to tell people about the charm casting experience I had with your kit. So for people who are listening, Carrie had a kit. I was at the Reader Studio. That's a tarot conference. Yeah, you remember this one with me and her. So anyhow, (laughs) I came up and I said, well, tell me about this kit. It's the Charming Dead Oracle Kit. Carrie, by the way, for people who are listening, she's got a couple Oracle, she's got a couple different charm, charm kits. We'll, we'll talk about those in a second. But anyhow, I was playing around with them. I said, you know what? I think I need this charm kit. So I bought the charm kit. And then I was in a classroom where Carrie and Andrew McGregor were teaching us how to work with this charm kit. And my friend, Jörg Ogenfuss, um, and I were sitting there fiddling around with it together and just playing. And I, I remember like, I tossed a um, a candelabra and I said, there's going to be a fire. And then I, I think I, I pulled another charm. It was a, a little, it looked like a little tower. And I said, a tower is going to burn. And so <laughs> there's something else that you're going to, I said, I wrote about it on my blog post, but anyhow, the next morning, Yurik says, you're not, and you're not going to believe this. One of the Trump towers in a different country caught fire and burn. I'm like, oh my God. And we were both completely (laughs) flipped out by this. And not only that, the weird thing is back home, my tenant who's on the second floor was out in the little balcony and she got the balcony on fire. Oh my gosh. I know. So I became fascinated with the charm (laughs) casting because of this. So, you know, so for people who are listening, charm casting does work. It's really accurate. It's uncanny. Jurg and I are true believers. Uh, So you know, that's why I really wanted to talk to you about this. So the first thing, if you could explain to people who are listening, Carrie, what is charm casting for people who are total novices? Well, charm casting comes from the uh, divination technique, just simply casting. And casting is something that anybody can do with just about any object. So I've, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, is that I believe that casting was one of the very first forms of divination that people had access to, you know, so it's thousands of years old and that's proven. So, um, you know, depending on where you lived, right? Uh, Like if you were near rivers and oceans, your divination uh, items would probably be shells and stones. And so, you know, these oceanic tribes would have these beautiful baskets with just, you know, filled with different shells that meant something to them. And so each shell would be assigned a certain meaning. And when you would cast those, you would have your results and your accuracy too, I'm sure. So, um, you know, let's fast forward to today, you know, charm casting instead of using shells Um, I'm introducing this idea of little metal charms that each uh, represent a symbol. So there's birds and houses and people and, you know, all of the topics that people come to our tables with as diviners like love and 
business and family, you know, all the, all the go-to topics. So, um, you know, I started off with Lenormand charms, uh, with, you know, 36 charms that represent the 36 single symbols in a Lenormand deck. And so I thought, well, what would it be like to cast those charms? In other words, throw those charms just to see what would pop up. And so, you know, charms and casting kind of got married from that point on. And now I've got, I don't even know how many kids I have out in the world right now, but, but quite a few. And I remember, I remember that moment at Reader Studio with you and Jörg. And I remember watching you and going, wow, she's really got this. You know, some people, they just really connect with it because um, whether you're, you know, a really seasoned diviner or a beginner, there's something about charm casting that's super accessible, right? Because it's not attached usually to any established system. So, you know, it's very playful. And I think that's a, an important place to be when you're divining is to be in that receptive, playful place where opportunity just kind of comes in. And you did just that, you know, you got it. You just got it. And it happened. So, you know, you were very, it was a very natural and organic thing for you. And I think that's important. Well, I think um, playful, but another word might be curious. Absolutely. And you and I are both Geminis. Geminis, (laughs) I mean, I I have to say we are curious sorts. I think Jurg is also like right on the cusp of cancer Gemini. So there's all that Gemini energy playing around with these things. So I think curiosity, playfulness, a sense of wonder. Mm-hmm. All of that's important. And, you know, I think for myself, the charm casting comes natural because the household I grew up into, that I grew up in, everything is a symbol. Everything mm. is an omen. I mean, mm. I always grew up with that. I mean, my parents were from like the old farm thing. Yeah. And so intuition was something that was very valued. You know, there were certain things like my mother, if the doorbell rang, and she went to the door. Only her and the dog would hear it. They went to the door and nobody was there. My mother would always say, there's a funeral coming. And oh, wow. sure enough, in about three days, there would be a funeral. Or we'd see a hawk. There's a message coming. Or a knife would fall to the ground. And Company. Mother, yeah. Yes. It's going to be a man. So yeah. you grew up with all these signs and symbols and superstitions. So yeah. for people who grow up with that, charm yeah. casting is natural. But what about what do you think about for people who didn't grow up and maybe, and maybe who aren't coming from that mindset, how could they access charm casting or how could charm casting help them access that? This is such an interesting question. Somebody just, I was just talking to somebody about this not too long ago where I, I think that um, a lot of us, if we, if you ask most diviners, anybody who's new in this business, especially if they look back on their past, there's probably, the chances are actually pretty likely that at some point in their life, they were already thinking intuitively. And if they could tap into that, and it's usually in their childhood, by the way, if they could tap into that moment or that memory, they're going to discover that that is informing the way they're approaching divination today. So again, if they, and, and a lot of them have different experiences. So like the young, if they look back on those memories, they're going to see that either they were supported in that way of thinking, like you were, you know, unconsciously supported, right? It just was the way it was in your family, or they weren't supported 
even though they would speak really intuitively in their families and it would freak their families out. And so it got shut down, right? Shut down right away. And so those are the ones that usually have a hard time trusting their ability to divine. So my advice to people, especially in that scenario, is that they, you know, ask themselves, am I running on that agenda that I can't trust what I am speaking and intuiting because I was shut down at an early age. Or the other, you know, question that's more supportive is, you know, am I in self-trust? Self-trust mm. that is my own agenda, you know, that, that, that comes from my own intuition, from my own self-knowing. So if you can come and approach casting or any divination from that point, then you're going to do great. You're going to be splendid. I, I totally agree with that. And, you know, again, I grew up in a household, you know, with old farm folks. So divination was just something yeah, that was very natural. And it was never looked at in a negative or a spooky. And my parents also, by the way, were very religious, like mm-hmm. super Catholic, not just Catholic, like super Catholic. Mm-hmm. And there was never any of this conflict about religion and divination and spirituality. So I was very, very blessed to grow up in that kind of an environment because I was able then to tap into this whole world that I'm involved in now without any interference, without anybody coloring the thinking in a negative way. Yeah, yeah, so, but, but I've come across tarot readers who have an anti-divination attitude. I mean, and charm casting and tarot, I mean, come on now, this is like total divination. What yeah. do you say about to people who have an anti-divination bias? That are already diviners? You mean? Yes. Or, yeah. I mean, it's kind of healthy, actually. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a level of health to that. You know, I, I get kind of, I'm on the opposite end of that. I get a little freaked out when people just, you know, say this is the law because it's divined and it's divinely so. But, um, you know, thank goodness for people who have a balance between those two uh, positions. You know, how can you bring your bias to the table and be in that place of self-trust? You know, where's that middle ground that you can come from? Mm-hmm. And, and I always look for affirmation in the divination, you know, like is something been confirmed? Has, has something actually happened? Is there a system that I can use that shows time and again that there's a level of accuracy going on here? If there isn't, then I'm going to have a bias, you know? And, um, but if there is, I'm going to keep going with that. And charm casting has been super accurate for me and I can lay it over any other divination system, you know, like tarot and Lenormand and you name it, mediumship. Right. Well, it can work hand in hand with many, many different forms of divination, but can I, can I ask you also, how did you get into this whole charm casting thing? I mean, suddenly it seemed like it came out of nowhere and I'm like, wait a minute, what is she doing over here? I'm so nosy. How did, how did you get into this? <laughs> the Gemini in you, right? Um, yeah, I gotta know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, so very long story short, I was on my living room floor. I had just published the Lenormand Revolution deck. And this is when the Lenormand card reading just was that big wave coming on. Yes. Craze. Remember that? I do. (laughs) And so um, I was sitting on my living room floor. I had my new deck out. I had the anchor card out. 
uh, I just had my mail delivered. So I was going through my mail and a postcard with an anchor was on that. And then I had a, a one of those uh, charm bracelets on and it had an anchor on it. And it's just like the light bulb went off, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, I wonder if there's a charm for all of these cards. And there was. <laughs> and so I created the first magpie oracle, the Norman right. set from there. And it just kind of took off. It just took yeah, off. Yeah, it did. It was so user-friendly and it is user-friendly. You know, people just mm-hmm. get it. And there's something about having that, that three-dimensional charm, that shiny object that yes. makes a nice sound in your hand, you know. Uh, it, people are more intimidated when they have to read a card. But if I, I, like if I give them the anchor card and the anchor charm, I'll ask them to read one or the other. Guess which one they're going to choose first? The charm. Exactly. And they'll talk and talk and talk about it. Uh-huh. You know, so there's something that gives them permission to play and be in that receptive place that we talked about earlier. Yeah, that, that just works. Absolutely, I totally agree with that. So you know, you mentioned about using it with Lenormand. Let's talk about using it with tarot. Yeah, how are some ways that we can combine charm casting with tarot? Well, I created a kit just for that reason, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was called Tarot Talismans. Yeah, and. Um, you know, I have to say, and I'm the worst salesperson for my own products. You don't really need my kits to charm cast, right? In fact, I think the better kits are the ones that are self-made because they're more personal and customized. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if you go into your junk drawer, right? And you pull out, and junk drawers, I love reading people's junk drawers, by the way. If you go into your junk drawer and pull out like a handful of items that are really interesting to you at that moment, um, and then assign meaning to them. And one of the uh-huh. things I ask people to do is like, look at it literally. Let's say it's a paper clip, right? Right. What is it literally? Oh, it's a paper clip. What is it used for? It holds things together. It keeps things organized, right? What does it symbolize for you? You know, what does it mean for you right now? Oh, it means that I could really, you know, get a little bit more organized or this is, might be a good opportunity time for me to get things together, you know? Uh-huh. And so... If you have items like that and you have like a Celtic cross out or a three card spread, what you can do is read your cards as you would normally. But then if you want a little added insight on there, you can throw your charms over that or assign a charm to each one. So let's say that um, the emperor card comes up in the position of, you know, what's happening for you right now. And you put that paperclip charm lands on the emperor that's an interesting combination right the emperor leadership get get it together you know lead your way uh be the leader of what you need to get organized right now or what you need to keep together and make more cohesive so that's kind of how it works you know it's super simple and it adds that other other that added layer of dimension that you know makes it kind of sweet I love that idea. And my, by the way, my drunk, my junk drawers are completely organized. So they're very boring. <laughs> now my makeup drawers, mm. that may be where my Oracle needs to be. Yeah. And it could just be in your handbag too. My handbag's yeah. so boring. It's so organized. There's nothing in it. <laughs> but if, but it. there is, there is something in it. There's absolutely something in it. There's five items in that handbag that could be divine. I promise you that. 
I'm going to try that out Do because <laughs> I love the idea of this. I think this is so great because you know what you're also showing us is that we can do divination on the fly. Well, that's the whole it idea. It doesn't yeah. have to be this formal thing of sitting down with the tarot. I can go into my junk drawer or I can go into my purse or, you know, I've got this little thing right now. So I'll just like look at it. It's a little thing I keep on my desk and it has like crap in it. Great. And so I pulled out this necklace. Oh, wow. oh look at that. Yeah. And it's tangled up with another necklace. Mm. And what's getting my eye is the tangle. Mm-hmm. And so, and I am terrible at taking knots in necklaces apart. I mean, and these are all tangled and goofy. And, you know, if I had to look at this for divination right now, I do have a lot of different things that I'm doing all at once. Right. And trying to find order in that is not easy. And there's a couple knots mm-hmm. I need to undo in order for me to make this all make sense. So there's my divination right there. Right there. And that's, and that's another thing if you want to get really kind of woo-woo about it, but also, you know, establish a deeper rooted understanding of where divination is. Mm-hmm. It's not always in a box. Yes. You know, it's all around you. And in fact, the Greeks used to do this really interesting form of divination where they call it the poor, the poor person's divination, where they would go to a crowded street where there's a lot of people walking by or having conversations and they would pose their question. In other words, they'd cast their their question out to the gods, right? Mm -hmm. And then they would stand or sit in the crowd and listen to the stream of conversation go by and they would catch whatever sentence would go by as their answer. Mm -hmm. So divination is available. You know, it's everywhere. It's just everywhere. That's how my, my husband's a painter. And um, (laughs) that's how uh, one time we, we named all of his paintings through going to coffee shops and kind of eavesdropping on people's conversations. You know, uh, we, we were listening to this, this couple that were having this conversation. Obviously they were on a first date and this guy was really selling himself really hard but we would we had all of photographs of all of his paintings on the table in front of us and this guy was talking about you know his connection with his family and how they were having such a they had a great history and he goes we have a deep history deep history like that <laughs> <laughs> and we went oh great that's the name of that painting deep history mm-hmm. you know and it was just went i mean that's just an example of what you can do but it's available divination is accessible available and it's always on if you want it to be. Oh yeah. I always, like I say, everything is a sign. Everything is a sign. I'm always looking for signs. One of the signs that I have is what I call musical oracles. Oh yeah. If I'm out in public and a song comes on, I'm like, oh my God, I'm paying attention. That means something. Yeah. Yeah. So I pay attention to a lot of weird things that other people don't pay attention to. (laughs) And so I love this idea of listening to conversations too, as oracles. I mean, um, everything can be an oracle. Everything can be a sign if you're just open to that. Yeah, I usually wake up with a different song in my head. Mm. So I call it songomancy, you know. <laughs> so ah, I love that. That's the theme for the day, you know. Well, I've been going to sleep and I've been having this Lizzo song in my brain constantly. <laughs> called, I think it's called Truth Hurts. And I'm like, I need mm. to get this song out of my head mm-hmm. because it's been the last two weeks. And I don't know if it's just been playing too much on my turntable mm-hmm. or if there's a sign there, but something's going on with me and Lizzo. So, but that's a good, so that's a good opportunity, right? For you to go out into the world 
mm-hmm. wherever your world is, right? And say, okay, what I'm posing this question, what is the next song that has a message for me that I'm ready to listen to, that I'm ready yeah. to hear? Yeah, see what happens. I love it. So let's say people don't want to make their own divination charm casting kit, because I know I won't. I'm going to be real frank about that. I'm one of those people. First of all, I love kits. I get nuts for kits. If something, my husband says, if it comes in a kit, you know you're going to buy it. I love kits, but I don't want to make my own kit. It's yeah. not what I'm into. I don't have time. Yeah. I prefer to have one all made up really nice just for me. So if I wanted to buy, if people are listening and maybe they're like me and they want to get a kit, where, where can they get a kit from you? So they can go to my website, carrieparis.com and go to my shop. And there's a host of kits on the site that they can, they can have access to. Yeah. And also on my site, there's all these free casting co- uh, charts and handouts and, you know, you just print them and then cast right directly onto those for different themes. But yeah, I mean, there's a kit for everybody, right? Yes. And it, and again, if if you don't have access to the cash, you know, to buy a kit, make your own. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's options out there for sure. And I will recommend for people who are listening, print off the handouts and then laminate them. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's what I did. It works, yeah. Yeah, and that's what I did. And yeah. it's really great because the charms kind of slide across it really yeah. nice. Yeah. And then it of course it lasts and it's waterproof and because I tend to destroy everything. So print them out, take them to your, your local coffee shop, get those laminated, and you're gonna have this great bunch of charm casting sheets that you can use for any situation that you may come across. Yay. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for creating these cool kits. I have a number of your kits and I think they're great fun and I love playing around with them. And I hope that this inspires more people who are listening to check out Charm Casting, mix it up with your tarot, get to Carrie's site, look at those cool handouts and get a kit. Get, get a, a kit. kit. <laughs> yes, get a kit. <laughs> you will have so much fun with it. And again, if you want, build your own, but definitely check out her kids because they really are marvelous. And Carrie, I want to thank you so much for joining Uh me today. Thanks so much, Teresa. I just adore you and everything you do. And this is just such an honor. Thank you so much. Thank you. And you know, that feeling is very mutual. So again, thanks for being here. Thanks. All right, people, that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And you can check out lots lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons, the tarot coloring book, tarot for troubled times, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and lots of other good things for you to scope out. That is a mouthful. Woo! Enjoy. And I also want to mention that if you love to learn tarot directly with me, come away to Tuscany, the birthplace of tarot, and learn a new or deepen your knowledge at the Tuscany Tarot Intensive. This is a five-day total tarot immersion. I'm giving you guys my all and that whole week. And it's from May 10th through the 16th, 2020. Um, there's also going to be meditations, there's a spa, there's a pasta making class. And by the way, Tuscany, uh, I heard it's gorgeous. So you guys want to get there, just go to radiantjane.com. You're going to look for retreats and you want to scroll down and find the Tuscany Tarot Intensive. And I want to thank you guys for listening. I hope you have a beautiful day. And hey, if you are enjoying this podcast, I would love nothing more. If you would do me a favor, head over to iTunes and leave a kind review because that helps more tarot curious people find their way to tarot bites. And as always, I like to close up by saying, 
Pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.